0: welcome to Beckett Talks, the podcast from Leeds Beckett University. In these podcasts we will be showcasing our diverse community of students and academics, touching on the important themes that surround universities today. In this series Beckett Talks, Be Beckett Ready, we will give you advice and help on your journey to being a student with us. The episodes will cover everything from being the first in your family to go to university and looking at what our students union can do for you once you get here.
1: Leeds Beckett University is home to 11 academic schools. Today's episode focuses on the School of Cultural Studies and Humanities. Their courses cover English, creative writing, media and history. All are informed by their internationally recognised research, giving you outstanding access to learn from and discuss with leaders in their field. Through inspired teaching and intellectual debate, plus day-to-day interaction with award-winning authors and playwrights, a rolling programme of media industry professionals, published lecturers and world-renowned researchers, they will nurture your passion by developing your creative and critical thinking. They will open your mind to the wide range of opportunities to pursue a career you love, be it anything from writing and teaching through journalism and copywriting, business and marketing, to research and publishing. Their research and teaching explore diversity of topics from South Africa under apartheid to the cultural impact of the LGBTQ community and from online racism in football to 21st century genres. They're also very hands-on from regular conferences, seminars and events organized by the Center for Culture and the Arts to collaborations with institutes and cultural organizations. Joining us today, we have Chris studying history who's just graduated And Katie as well, who's just graduated from history. Can you sum up what that first day was like?
2: First day, I remember going in for induction and we'd had to get IDs and everything. And I was really, really nervous. I knew the layout of the building because I'd done mobility training and stuff. So I could be independent. And all of a sudden just being introduced to all the lecturing team from Rachel Rich to all the others. And basically being given a synopsis of, you know, what... What our course would entail, what would be expected of us in the first year. I remember because um, it, was, it was like a you know half day or afternoon, whatever you want to class it as, and um, just going in, sort of you know trying to hear everything that was going on, trying not to let the nerves get to me, and just sort of sit and listen really. That was that was really my first day in, in uni. How was
1: Kate? You about yourself?
0: It's quite intense at first. Um, the first day I had, I'd never actually been to Leeds Beckett either I came through clearing so it was kind of a last minute decision but the building itself and the campus itself is really, really modern and that kind of com- came as a bit of a surprise to me but a, a pleasant surprise but I had the exact same experience as Chris like it's a little bit daunting at first the lecture theatres and things if you're not really expecting it are quite big and although we didn't have a really big course um, as much of the cultural studies course it they are they're not that big which is quite nice but still when you don't know like 60 or 70 people just sat in a room mm. everyone's in the same boat though so you are completely fine yeah that's one of the first things i noticed as well that chris mentioned was we got to meet all the lecturers pretty much immediately um, who introduced themselves and got settled in really really quickly yeah i completely agree i think there's like the this summing up is daunting
2: i, I totally agree with kate there i think um you, you go in and you don't really know what to expect, really. And all of a sudden, you're being told all your module handbooks are online, you know, your timetable's online, you've got to the end of the end of that first week, you know, and then you're into full-time lectures and mm. stuff, and that's quite daunting.
1: How do you find the transition then? I mean, where were you beforehand? I mean, Chris, you you a mature student. So, had you been in education before you joined university immediately, or had you been in a career?
2: I'd worked for a charity organisation called British Blind Sport, for a number of years in recruiting and training guides so sighted people who become guides for visually impaired people. My my job was sort of certifying them. Some might call it torture because I'd get them on treadmills and, you know, they'd sort of they'd have to learn how to do it with, with no sight and blindfolded. You know, that's that's what we what we did and we ran a lot of campaigns and stuff. And then I did a sports massage course on top of that. Uh, the White Rose Academy, really wanted to get back to education. So it was actually my mum that looked, because she knew I loved history, why do you think about applying again? And Leeds Beckett came back with an unconditional offer uh, based on all my results from earlier education. That's
1: That's where I ended up. So how did you find that transition from going from employment back to education?
2: It was fine because the employment was part-time, so I still carried it on throughout my university course. I think the weird thing really was getting back into sort of, you know, lecturing, sort of, you know, having to be on a a fixed timetable, because a lot with the employment stuff, because it was up in the air and it was you know say one weekend you'd get a whole group of you know say 20 people and then next weekend you might you know it was like weekends per weekends you know sort of the week was mine to do with so it was getting back to that sort of routine i think the biggest transition for me was getting into leeds and back because i i traveled from Breakhouse, house you know commuting that that was kind of the
1: biggest transition really no worries and katie what about yourself what was your journey into leeds back like
0: I finished my A-level in the June and then I started at Leeds Beckett in the September. So although it feels like a really long summer because it's been a pretty intense two years, um, you kind of quickly get out of that swing and the intensity of A-levels. So it was a little bit of an adjustment to go back, but just as it is for any kind of break in education. I did quite enjoy the fact that I went straight from A-level into university study because my brain was kind of still on that kind of wavelength and that focus was kind of still there for me I was pretty passionate about the things I'm studying which included history even through the summer into university the jump obviously still is a little bit staggering at first but they are very very accommodating to help you with that and they're fully aware that the jump between GCSE to A level was Miles higher, so anyone can do that. You can definitely go from A level to um, degree. It will get more intense and it will get more difficult, mm. but it's at a very manageable pace rather than a huge jump where you th- you think you're drowning or anything. It really isn't that bad.
2: I would I still remember my first essay coming back saying, You need to, you know, you need uh, it was good, Mark, but you need to focus more on referencing. And that mm-hmm. was a pure example to me that, you know, I'd had a couple of years away from education and my head for doing the referencing wasn't wasn't there yet and they were really accommodating saying you know go to the library team they'll they'll teach you what you need to do you know what
1: we expect in the reference list and stuff. How did you find it when you first joined Leeds Beckett and the the facilities? Can we go with Katie first and then we'll go back to Chris?
0: Yeah Stockton is is pretty small (laughs) like you can't really get away from that and moving to a city like that is an experience as Like an 18, 19, 20 year old, or even for any age, it's incredible, really, because you've just got this huge city where everything is at your fingertips at any point. You can access anything you want, any type of person you are, there's something you can do. But I think the one thing that helped me adjust to that was just really trying to get to grips with what the city's about, walking the city. That's a really important part, especially in halls. You're pretty much based in the city centre, just give it a walk just walk around try and visit the key landmarks try the museum try about down and um, the river and the docks and everything you really need to kind of get to grips with what Leeds is about obviously enjoy nightlife and shopping and everything but during the day when you do have that time it's it's a brilliant city and there's so much to do Um, it's really worth enjoying it because a lot of people that I have sport to that didn't do that do regret that in hindsight that they didn't kind of get to to grips with like the raw part of Leeds and enjoy it a bit. I
2: totally agree with what Katie said. I mean, for me, it was different with myself because I've been going to Leeds by the train all through the summer, getting my my cane routes in my head from the train station up to the university buildings. You know, I'd, I'd gone and explored the sports facilities because that's a priority for me. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd gone and sort of done that, but I totally agree with, with Katie. If you don't go and explore a bit of the city, you'll you'll never really sort of sort of know it. So obviously, you know, I'd gone to Leeds quite a bit before with like Leeds Fast and stuff, but never really explored the city. Like going down to the town hall is quite, you know, quite a nice thing. You know, Millennium Square, it changes seasonally. And I think that's the thing that students really, really should take advantage of. Like, you know, in December, there's, there's ice skating, which is great fun. You know, there's, there's always something going on in that square and it's, it's just on the doorstep of the city campus.
1: How did you find access to the materials for your course?
2: I found access to the course really good because I, I, I sat down in summer with one of the librarians and with... Rachel Shaw the the director of the course. We went through all the books and online stuff that would be accessible for me and my assistive technology, you know, which which ended up being about four hard drives with a terabyte each worth of books from the library team, you know, being taught how to access research, you know, systems and the fact that I think every student really sort of liked the fact that, you know, lecture slides were online. of the time before a lecture actually started so you could sort of keep up with what the lecturer was saying. The fact that seminar materials were released way ahead so you could read them you know you could access everything you needed to. Yeah I I couldn't fault really the access at all.
0: I completely agree I was pretty astounded with the facilities that we did have. Um, The library shocked me at first it's about four floors high it's huge with different parts but it's really easy to navigate you get thorough induction to the library as well so you would never just have to walk in and be like go find that you'll be given a lot of help and um, a lot of guidance about how to understand the systems and the way they've, they've organized it but yeah I completely agree the you've never got a chance where the book isn't available apart from when you start to get into your, your niches uh, topics but it's mm-hmm. not that big scary thing of I've got to pay all this money for books they would never ever make somebody do that they'd always find a way the access that the lecturers have they share as much as they're able to obviously with copyright issues but they will do everything in their power to give you access to things that would help particularly even when I've picked really really niche topics to study and I've been like I need this information and they're like we'll find it we'll find it and they've always been able to find it and the library staff themselves it's like book a meeting and they've just pulled out all this information for you it is it is very very impressive because you go from a level with just a couple of textbooks and things and you've got all these resources and archival material at your fingertips it is pretty impressive
1: how niche are we talking
0: i was like i need this one particular article i was like i can't find it anywhere else like i've looked everywhere and my um, dissertation supervisor was like i've got it i found it which pulled out pulled out um a transcript of a a meeting of congress and I was like where did you find this and I needed it so badly and it literally made it my research it
2: was perfect me and Katie both did very niche topics I think don't we for our dissertations yeah. I, I remember for myself that a lot of my material was restricted under government and police access and all the help I got from the library you know basically to get around that red tape and mm-hmm. you know being allowed access to it, it just you
1: know It really does make you, you know, thankful. What kind of relationship do you have with your lecturing staff?
2: I noticed in first year that a lot of students, particularly who'd come from A level, would wait for a a lecturer to come into a lecture hall to go into a lecture hall, whereas I just steamrolled in, you know, as long as there, there was no one I could hear in. And I think the relationship between your lecturers and yourself does develop, particularly in your latter year when you've, you know, you're so intense writing your dissertation. I mean, I saw my my dissertation supervisor maybe twice to three times a week up till the lockdown rules, and even after lockdown we were still having weekly phone calls and, you know, bi-daily email sort of chats, and, and you know, even to the point that, you know, one of my lecturers for a module that I really enjoyed on civil rights, you know, she follows me on Twitter so I think the relationship does sort of evolve as you go through university. Great thank
1: you Katie what about yourself?
0: Yeah I completely agree the initial stage you have this um, kind of they're the teacher I'm the student we listen and they teach kind of impression that goes like very very quickly Um, you're kind of introduced in this environment where it's a collaborative environment it's not we're going to speak you're going to listen it's what can you say that might induce my conversation on my ideas and it's a discussion environment not a teaching environment um, which is for me personally changed and transformed my like opinion of the subject the career I kind of want to go into it's just that collaborative feel helped us grow a lot more than you would be if you were just kind of been spoken to but the relationship I've had with most of the lecturers has just gone so well over the years we've got a lot closer i've never felt that i couldn't approach them for any reason whether it be kind of like a pastoral support that i needed or whether it was an academic um, requirement they were very very approachable at all times very professional when there's an issue to be dealt with i've had absolutely no complaints with any single member of staff that i've encountered and my dissertation supervisor like chris said we used to meet absolutely all the time She gave up a lot of time, which is uh, Dr Jessica Van Horsen. Um, She gave up a lot of time in her summer to Skype me when I was trying to research and stress about it all through the lockdown, even when obviously she had her own problems to worry about, was always making sure that my research and um, my dissertation was coming along as I wanted it to, like I said, providing me a lot of support and access for things that, as a student, I probably wouldn't be able to afford or I wouldn't be able to get access to at all, so... I couldn't fault a single member of our faculty that been like they've made our experience in my opinion.
2: I totally agree with Katie there and the pastoral support as well as the academic support, you know, making sure that we're all right, that we're not gonna have meltdowns or writing dissertations or assignments. You know, I remember distinctly Dr. Henry Ivan, who's my dissertation tutor the first week before we even started, you know, really writing the handing in the chapters sort of sitting me down and asking have you not have you not bitten off more than you can chew you know because you're taking on the police you know you're taking on this and that and sort of making sure that I'd had that right balance in my mind and you know I wasn't going to get to say chapter three and have a nervous breakdown
1: you mentioned that you were doing your dissertation that you had a lot of red tape to to go over what was actually the title of your dissertation to give us an idea
2: mine was the police and police's attitude towards the yorkshire ripper and so i had to get access to interview records you know also having this conversation with the head of west yorkshire police them sort of saying no we can't give you access and within a couple of months time you know we'd managed to say yeah you can have access but at this limited stage and you know you have to be in an actual Yorkshire police building with an officer sort of supervising what you and your support team are accessing you know so it was very very daunting but having the support from the university there meant I could get through it the university were really supportive particularly Henry in that you know well no this is a dissertation topic you know this is history it should be accessed
1: can you give us an idea of what assessments you've had to take since you joined us what form they've taken and what kind of support you've got from them as well
0: there isn't an assessment style i haven't done basically we've done a podcast we've done presentations we've done a seminar lead So the seminar lead would be slightly different to a presentation you would take the role of the lecturer leading the seminar and you would be encouraging your peers to access material, analyze source material and then lead the discussion and also bring in your own research um, to kind of teach as well. So it's a little bit more intense than a presentation would be as such as you've got the kind of interactive basis. First time I did that, I was like, yeah, this is something that I could happily do for the rest of my life. Like, this is brilliant. We've done various different essay styles and um, so you might be used to kind of a, a bog-standard source analysis through GCSE and A-level history. Um, you will do that, but you'll also be doing more of an essay style question um, talking about the hows and the whats and the whys um, as well as your source analysis. Um, but yeah, don't think that it's going to be essays, essays, essays. They are pretty big on making sure that everything is a variety. So if you excel particularly in presentation speaking, you will be making your marks up in there. But if you are someone that is maybe perhaps a little bit shy or much better on paper, then you will have the opportunity to excel. And any problems that anyone's had, the assessment has literally just changed to accommodate needs as and when that's happened. It's never been a problem. They've been really, really good to make sure that perhaps the group size was reduced. Um, Mm. Whatever makes you feel comfortable, really, they've been able to do.
2: I think also from my experience, and probably Casey will agree with me here, is that the really good thing of having group work presentation in your first term of your first year enables you to meet people you know it gets those boundaries down a little bit you know you start sort of you know on your courses people that say you might never have talked to in your seminar groups all of a sudden you know you're talking to each other and you sort of you know you're having to work and plan this this presentation so you get to know one another and that's a very good thing i think probably the hardest assessment we've had and any student will face is the dissertation? It's a very long process, but you will get through there at the
1: end. Thinking of the students that be listening to this, there might be some from media or some from English. Have they put anything on for you, like as a whole school?
0: There is crossovers, um, particularly as the history students have crossovers of English and history. That will happen, and they will get to choose some history modules, or like the core history modules. So you might see people appear and disappear like that, but it is nice, particularly yeah. in if you're looking at like, academic discussion. Because the English and History students tend to have a slightly different kind of approach um, to how they're doing things. So they're looking at analysing literature and language maybe a little bit more than you are. So it does kind of kick up your um, group analysis a notch. Other than that, there's been um, opportunities like extracurricularly to do so, but more on an optional basis. Um, than.
2: Totally agree with, with Katie in that, you know, we've, we've had History and English students in with us all the way from year one. In year one, we had Erasmus students with us in the first term. You know, which which really make it more diverse and more sort of. For example, we had a couple of Irish students who, you know, their study of history is completely different to, to how we approach it. And you know, hearing how they sort of look at it and analyze it really broadens your discussion. Probably cross. School activities, there's been some extracurricular stuff, you know, it has been optional, probably one of the best ones I went to was a poetry reading by an African American poet who'd come over to the English lot and the English and the history uh, students also got the option to go and hear that. And that was that was very, very impressive.
1: You mentioned earlier on how you had a lot of contact time with your tutors before lockdown. But then even after that, you still had a good amount of contact with your tutors. How did you find working in lockdown? What new resources were put in place? Was it easy to access what you needed and the tutors? Just give us a flavour of what it's like to, to be studying history at Leeds Beckett during during this pandemic.
0: I think the only thing that made working in lockdown this, um, this time around more difficult was the disturbance which I imagine many of the students that would be listening would have also faced that kind of immediate just stop that happened. Um, obviously, with the year ahead, there's a lot more preparation in place. You won't have that instant, like, done. Like, you won't just end up, they won't just shut the uni and you had to leave um, like you had to do in school. Mm. There's a lot of things now in place that they're now prepared to deal with. So a lot of the lecturers will always have um, some sort of audio or visual communication with you, whether it be a phone, or um, something like a program like um, Microsoft Team Meet, sorry, or Zoom or Skype or something, you'll always be able to get in contact with them if you needed that kind of personal communication. A lot of the staff are available um, within their contact hours on um, email. All of the resources on MyBeckit are pretty um, straightforward and easy to understand. All the lectures that they'll be making will be recorded, either visually or just with audio. All the lectures are able to uh, lectures are able to be downloaded and all the online resources on the library are pretty easy to access too. It's very easy to navigate around that, to make sure you can just find your online resources. If there also was an instance where you had the library books, the library have been incredibly accommodating to allow extra uh, loan lengths to accommodate your needs if, for whatever reason, you were unable to go in. It really is a manageable thing to do, um, and I'm going in to do my master's this year, and I wouldn't do that if I didn't have faith in the kind of systems that were in place to begin. Um, so a lot of people that maybe put off um, the stopping and starting of education, I really don't think that will be a problem at all.
2: I totally totally agree with, with Katie because I'm doing Miami as well, hopefully next year. you know, we, we wouldn't be doing that if we didn't have faith in systems. For me, when lockdown hit, it wasn't really probably other than actually going in for face to face lecture and seminar time and missing the seminar discussions because they were a bit harder to have online than face-to-face my working world didn't really change because you know before lockdown covid i'd accessed everything via my computer you know i didn't go into the library for physical books i think probably the the scariest thing that like katie's mentioned is that the automatic you know just stopping um, in the sense that you know i was actually in the uni campus the day before the campus closed meeting with my tutor and i think it's that factor of For us, we were a bit unsure what was going on. The fact that up until the end of March, we were still being told that you'll have to hand dissertation in physically. And then at the end of the March, it changed to an online hand-in. Students that are coming to university in September with lockdown already, you know, and COVID in people's minds. I think you know they'll they'll be fine, and I think we'll be hopefully fine to go on and do our MAs. And
1: what are you hoping to get out of the next year?
2: My MA is actually with Manchester Met. Uh, I'm afraid I'm I'm shipping uh, shipping to another university because I want to study and focus in civil rights history because uh, that's a big passion of mine they're able to to provide it i'm still in two minds or not i want to do it full-time or part-time because i've been offered a really good position with a disability think tank so it, i've just got to weigh up my options really and give them back my decision if i want to do my ma part-time or work part-time but definitely the ma is on the cards for me sort of thing and probably always has been since i started third year really
0: um, so I am beginning my one-year full-time MA at the University of Leeds which used to study um, a history of health, medicine, and society. The only reason I had to leave part ways with Beckett was literally just the same idea as Chris. Um, it's just that kind of speciality that I wanted to follow, and that speciality has come from the the learning I've received at Beckett and the support and the direction. So as I started to do my dissertation and progress in my research a little bit more, um, I decided that I'd like to pursue either an academic career or to work as um, a sixth form history teacher. So that allows me to continue into a speciality into history of medicine. And then after that, whether I continue into further research or go do my teacher training is how the next year goes, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get back to Leeds too. It's been it's been a tough couple of months yeah. without it. It's tough making the decision um, to leave Beckett. There's, and particularly during COVID, I kept saying like it, doing an MA now with Beckett would be, I'd know, I'd guarantee the support. I'd just know that it was there. But I had to pursue my speciality, and I was wildly encouraged by my lecturers to do so.
2: For both of us, it's not that we didn't want to carry on studying at Beckett. It's the fact that to do the specialism that we want to both go into, um, it's it's being encouraged and sort of suggested to you know to sort of we've we've looked elsewhere and we found that our specialism to carry on, but that's come from all the support and encouragement we've had within the Leeds, Leeds Beckett history team. I, I wouldn't be doing civil rights history, I may, if it wasn't for, for, for Dr. Jess Van Housen and her civil rights in North America module. And, you know, the deep discussions we had during that module, because that already really gave an interest in me that I already had. And then I started searching, oh, can I do
1: this as further study sort, sort of thing? It's going to be fantastic for you both. I'm sure you'll absolutely love it. For the students that are joining us in September, you've been through the whole degree now, you've done your three years, you've done all the assessments, you've lived it, you've breathed it. If you could give them one piece of advice when they start this course, what would it be?
0: It's society-wise. I think that was a massive thing that I didn't do. Um, There was a society set up for history and the cultural studies um, and it did just kind of dwindle out and it was my goal on my to-do list to re-establish that and to get it sorted and go back into that and it just one of those things that never really got done um unfortunately and it was definitely the first piece of advice if anyone is listening set it back up and then take part and get everyone into it because it is one thing that a lot of people do say that in hindsight they wish they did join a society and the staff on the course would absolutely love that because it's so it's so them to get involved and to have fun and it's not something that has to be um focused particularly on drinking or spending money or anything that people kind of assume societies are it can be kind of academic based it can suit a variety of needs so whoever's listening they need to set it back up and they need to do it
2: my advice would be don't be nervous, don't be afraid to ask questions. There's not a silly question you can ask a lecturer. You know, they're, they're open to anything and everything you can possibly think of asking them. I think also echoing what Katie said about the society, you know, the History Society in our first year term was fantastic. in, you mm-hmm. know, having inter-student staff quizzes, which was sad students lost every time, you know, but just having the ability to sort of break down the barriers between we're students there staff sort of thing was a very very good thing if you've got an issue don't be don't be afraid to email someone and ask because they're there if you're not into sports ready go to the gyms because you'll meet some really lovely people there and you help your mental health through and doing half an hour an hour in your, in your break between lectures in in the gym uh, and they're more than accommodating as i've known over the last three years On on the Beckett campus.
0: It's quite turbulent times that's going on, but um, university is absolutely brilliant. Um, you'll have the support that you need, and you won't regret it basically. So I hope everyone does continue with it and they really enjoy it as much as um, I think I speak with both of us as much as we did.
2: Relax, enjoy your course, and make the best of your time at Mm
0: Beckett.
1: Chris, Katie, thank you so much for the time, and I wish the pair of you all the best in your MAs and going forward.
0: Perfect. Thank Thank you you very very much.
1: Thank you for listening to Be Beckett Ready. We do hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you would like to find out more, including upcoming dates for our open days, please check our website,
0: leedsbeckett.ac.uk or follow the link in the description.